Hello and welcome to our Christmas special of Casted Into the Fire podcast. I'm on with uh, my friend Bill. Hello. And Mom. Hi. And we're taking a break from the Hobbit book that we're going through for another book by J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, it's the Letters from Father Christmas. Now, when I say by J.R.R. Tolkien, he wrote the material, but it's more of a, a compilation of what he's written. And um, these are actually his um, letters from Santa to his four kids, John, Michael, Christopher, and Priscilla, um, through the years um, 1920 through 1943. Yep. And, um, yeah, I actually have the book in front of me as I'm podcasting. And so it starts off with a letter from Father Christmas. And um, in this edition of the um, book, it's got actual printings of what all of the letters looked like besides, you know, them transcripted into print to make it, you know, easy for readers. And it's got really beautiful um, illuminations and drawings on the letters and nice um, writing. Um, it's written in different styles. Now, the the earlier um, Father Christmas writings actually are written in a difficult-to-read cursive. Yeah. On purpose. On purpose. On purpose. It's all on purpose. Um, and it's supposed to be that Santa is... Um, He's... Over a thousand years old, I'd ha- have to. Close to two thousand yeah. years old. And so he's got a very shaky hand. He's, I guess, supposed to be the Saint Nick or something. So. Um, actually, later on, no, he's not the Saint Nick. He's not, he okay. he talks about the Saint Nick as a different Good person person. who did similar things later, but. Oh, um. So he's older. He's older. Now. Well, hold on. I'm gonna look up. Exactly this how. also encompasses pre-war and during wartime uh, in England. So some of those letters. Yeah, he is actually like. I don't know. I'd have to see how Saint Nick is like pretty old. He's, so I don't know. We'll have to see that. But uh, so yeah, it's wartime. Oh. Well, not in the beginning. Not in the, not beginning, in the beginning, but it's going to be. And I confess I find some of the letters, although beautiful, not readable to my eyes. Now, I yeah. sometimes have trouble with reading other people's cursive. Yeah. Um, and I don't... With the the shaky writing on purpose. I don't know, you know how his kids did with it at first, I wonder. But um, they all have beautiful artwork on them, and um, some of them are sent through the postage, and some of them were just, you know, left out with the presents on Christmas Day. And some of them say, you know, for, you know, Elf to deliver, and um, they actually show the outside of the envelope, you know, in the, the pictures here. Yeah, they show with every one of them. So, yeah, well, one of them, Santa writes that 
he had to get a new home, and the reason because his friend, the North Polar Bear, had tried to climb the North Pole, and he uh, actually had the pole fall in through the roof of the house, and so they moved to a different house very close to the North Pole on a cliff at a cliff top. Uh, this polar bear is kind of um he he's he's apparently his friend and friend his roommate helper, assistant but he's walking also, disaster he's, well, he's an actual polar bear and he's implied that he does i mean he's not of course just going to be like you know violent the way a lot of polar bears would be and he's, he's depicted he's, walking on his hind legs and and he's clumsy and well they'll do that but it's he's clumsy and he breaks things and he uh, at one point like I, I was saying earlier, there was a. I was re- just reading one of the stories, the entries where he uh, has to. Uh, he, he, Santa's uh, hat or whatever, or his hood, like blew onto the North Pole and was on the pole. And the polar bear decide, <laughs> decides to, despite Santa protesting, telling him not to do it, climb the, climb the pole, like the actual pole. Like, I guess it's like. Like one of those cartoony images where it shows like the you know the axis pole like in a globe but sticking out, and it's the North Pole, which is which is you know that's one of those if you watch Looney Tunes they depict it as that all the time, so he probably in according to that it just broke it broke and the whole thing including the bear fell onto Santa's house and into his living room so he's saying like oh I just moved into a new house and I'm poorer than ever and I have you know. Uh, everything's a mess, and this is what happened. So, it's uh, weird, wacky adventures like that. And, and the polar bear is actually sending notes too. Yeah, um, and his writing is—he has a fat paw. He says so. It's thick print writing, easy to read. Yeah, that was right before that. It was like an easy to read thing, and he just got a fat paw. And, and later on, polar bear's letters start to be write, written in a not quite. I guess not technically runic because it's, you know, yeah. readable as English, but yeah. it's, um, it looks like it's written in a stylized like that, and polar bear's spelling is, um, subpar. <laughs> and, um, there's a lot of, um, the letters are signed as FC for Father Christmas or PB for polar bear, and, um, in the transcribed stuff in the book, that tends to be written out in full. That's the only real change from the letters to the book. Um. So, it looks... I mean, I, always, I, I, I haven't read the whole thing like Sarah has, but I do like it. I like how it has those stories. Um, and I do like how it has the writing. Uh, the writing... Yeah, it can be kind of hard to read, but it's not as bad as... I mean, I'm not going to go over each and every letter over the course of this podcast and, you know, spoil everything, and it would take a long time. But I'll, you know, point out some some highlights. Oh, yes, there's a beautiful drawing where... Um... Yes, the polar bear set off a gigantic firework. Yeah. And it's mentioned that the drawing really doesn't 
do it justice because there's not a way to draw, you know, the fizzing light from the actual firework. And apparently, polar bears setting off this firework made it so they didn't get to have um, northern lights for a couple of years because polar bear used it all. Yep. Yeah, polar bear is uh, quite a wacky side character. Yes, he is. I like that. And they have a snowman gardener who... Uh, they garden snowdrops and frost ferns because there's not much else that's going to grow there. That's pretty much all that's going to grow there. And there's more of this Although, uh, snowman, snowboys, snowgirls. And it both says that they're not an actual, you know, made snowman that, you know, kids would make from snow, for instance. But also... That even makes it maybe a little disturbing that, uh, yeah, they also said that they melted the gardener one year and they had to make a new one, so maybe it's a little discrepancy. Yeah. Um. That's, well, also, I mean, to the discrepancy, even, like, Arctic stuff doesn't usually go that far into the Arctic. <laughs> like, even the most cold tolerant, so... I mean, I don't, know. I don't know. Well, they actually have years that um, Father Christmas writes and says we didn't get snow yet, or we didn't get much snow, or it's raining. Um, well, you can see they're further south, and this is the true disturbing accounts of climate change, <laughs> which, you know, sadly enough, that is kind of a, a thing, of course. It's a major thing. <clears throat> Uh, later on, you're getting letters where Polar Bear actually is writing in the margins. Um, so, Polar Bear fell down the stairs because he stepped on soap. And Polar Bear was written in the margins, Who left the soap on the stairs? Not me. And, yeah, we don't know. Are there elves in this, Sarah? They come later. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, no, you said that uh, the elves are used... I think I did read one of them, as you said, like, an elf will deliver it to you or whatever. No elves actually show up in this till near the very end. Oh, okay. I just looked through it. Oh, it's a fancy drawing of Polar Bear um, falling down the stairs with all the presents he dropped and Father Christmas just looking exasperated at the top Let of the stairs. It. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And it's illuminated with so, like, stars and planets in the margins. So Tolkien illustrated this too, right? Yeah, he illustrated he, well, it. He illustrates. A lot of people don't... I mean, you, you see like this Lord of the Rings and uh, um, the Hobbit drawings, which are, you know, not as detailed, but he does... Oh, they're quite detailed. Bikes. Well, some of them are, but... This is really detailed. It's a funny one of Father Christmas chasing after his sleigh as the reindeer run off with it. Uh, some The letters are addressed to come to different times, so some of them are for Boxing Day, which is more of a British thing than... Um, yep. I confess, uh, I'm American, and I barely understand what Boxing Day is about. Um... Which I guess shows how not. Jerry. What now? 
talking about Boxing, Boxing Day and how I'm American and I know it's more of a British thing and um I don't know. I thought Boxing Day had to do with like packing return, up your stuff, re- returning things to stores that didn't fit or something like uh, that. I don't know. I don't know. It's something I'll look up. Um It's where you it's where you uh punch each other. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. That's it. It's a traditionally a day off for servants and the day when they received a special Christmas That's box right. from their masters. Okay. The servants would also go home on Boxing Day to give Christmas boxes to their family. Well, I knew they had something to do with the So they the probably Christmas had to work away. Christmas for yeah. their masters and. Yeah. Now, see, I've learned a new thing. Well, there you go. Google's Me a too. Heck of a, th- heck of a resource when you use it right. Oh, in. Uh, when you use responsibly. The letter from November 1929, which is by Polar Bear, um, he says that his, his paw is better because he heard his paw cutting Christmas trees. And. He says that his spelling isn't so good, and they don't speak English here, only Arctic. And Arctic is being spelled with two Ks for some reason, which... And um, he explains that the letters are different, and here's where Polar Bear is starting to write in these vaguely runic-looking letters. Um, they, they look kind of similar to the the Dwarves' language letters in uh, Lord of the Rings. But they are, you know, recognizably the English alphabet. And he says that in the Arctic language, um, for goodbye till I see you next, and I hope it will be soon. Um, maybe I'm not pronouncing this right. Mara Mesta Anivella Tiento Yaretonia. Now, I don't know. Where is this? Right there. I don't know whether it's in. Oh. It's any, you know, existing language from anywhere. I actually yeah, I'm tried... I'm not sure what that is. I just was trying to... I was it. typing it into Google's Detect Language, and it wasn't really helping. Yeah. Because I'm it looks sure. like it might be something. It looks like it might be <laughs> some sort of like weird European language. It's it's not... I mean, it doesn't seem like it's atypical, like... I took a guess toward Finnish and tried it in a translator, and I didn't get anything. It's not like the reason I want to look at it is like it's. I thought she might have been mispronouncing some Latin, but no, it's. It's not, not Latin. Latin. Definitely not Latin. Definitely not German or anything like so that. So if this uh, if this is a real you know part of a real language, yeah, let us know. let us know because we'd like to know. Yeah, we're we're very curious. If you, I mean, you know, there's tons and tons of languages throughout the world, and, and Tolkien knew a lot of them. He knew he knew. A, Quite a bit, but he also but he also stuff. made up quite a few too. Yeah, I was gonna say he liked making up languages. He loved languages so much he made them up. So. And uh, Bear says his name is Carhu, but that he doesn't tell most people. Yeah. Um. None of us are the linguists that Tolkien are. <laughs> Very few people alive today are. Uh, Bear had a. They had a bonfire with polar bear and um, some snow elves. You know, finally you're getting some elves in here. And 
polar bear let off 20,000 silver sparklers at once. And then went off on holiday to North Norway, stayed with a woodcutter called Olaf. And that's how he heard his paws cutting wood with Olaf and he came back with his paw bandaged. Um, and at this point, the letter is actually written in, it looks like a colored pencil. Um, yeah, there's a drawing of papers flying everywhere and polar bear with his bandaged paw and sparklers going off. Father Christmas working at his desk with Polar Bear. Um, yes, and the reason why it's written in pencil is that Father Christmas's red and green and black inks were upset. So Santa had to use pencil. I I repeat, there's a lot more than this. I'm just picking out kind of highlights. Now this is a nice, like, inch thick or so hardbound book with beautiful color illustrations. Beautiful pictures, beautiful. The letters are beautiful to look at, even though they're like, as Sarah mentioned, some of them are very, very squiggly and hard to read. Again, not as bad as some handwriting I've actually written. Probably not as bad as what Sherry thinks my handwriting would be, right, Sherry? You know the whole thing about <laughs> you know the whole thing about doctor's signatures and some actors. And, yeah, that's my handwriting. Um, I was gonna say, Father Christmas's handwriting is not as difficult as that. But even inside the front cover and the back cover are are a compilation of. Uh, pictures of some of the letters. And then, there, of course, there's color pictures throughout the book. Now, I don't know that every edition has all the all the letters, you know, shown with the art in them. Because it said something about, in this edition, they're all here, which makes me wonder if earlier editions might not. Um, well, this is the this edition is a, I'd recommend getting. Yeah, this is a new hardbound... Um, so I don't know if earlier ones have it or not. But Well, new as of like a year ago or so. Yeah. How many letters would you think are in there? You know, I'm not sure, but he started in 1920 and did it through 1943. And every year there was at least one letter and some got, you know, two or three. Mm-hmm. Because it looks like there's you know, quite a few letters. Including, in you know, from Santa, from Polar Bear, from one of the elves. Um, and, you know, Father Christmas is right. He, he mentions, like, oh, I tried to get you what was on your list, or I couldn't, but I hope you'll like this instead. Mm-hmm. Um now none of these are reproduced in here, but his kit, his kids were writing back to Father Christmas. It would be cool if those were all. Oh, now you mentioned one one 
a, a child's one of the children's letters. Oh, that's much later. Yeah, a wartime one. Yeah. Yeah, it's much. That's one of those other later ones that Sarah's talking about. When I mean, it ends in forty three. So, what, by when it ends, World War Two is still going on. Okay, the letter in question. A conclusion. It's just beginning to get to that point. Uh, should I tell about it now, or should I wait till I put it in context of the later on stuff? Oh, it's up, up to you. you. I'll tell about it later. Okay, more more sparklers and pyrotechnics going on with um, the snow boys and polar bear. Um, oh, polar bear got some sparks in his coat, and he uh, got a patch of fur burnt off. And, but he says, no, that's where Father Christmas spilled gravy on his back at dinner. Uh. Oh, and Polar Bear has two nephews, Bear Cubs. Well, they're also Polar Bears. Yes, and <laughs> their names are Paxu and Velko Tucka, if I'm pronouncing now, it right. How big are they? Because they make it sound bear like Polar cub Bears sized. Are a lot, so they're still young. They're still little. And they stay bear cub size for years and years, which doesn't make sense, but... Maybe they're just new It's probably cuter for the kids that way. Yeah, of course. And then it says that Paxu means fat, and Velkotuka means white hair. Those are totally names polar bears would give themselves. Um, No, those names have those meanings in what language? I don't know. That's one of those... I really feel like it must be be an actual Nordic language, but I'm not the linguist Tolkien is, and if right. you know about this, please message us. Um, How do you spell? Vel- um, Paksu, P-A-K-S-U, and Velkotuka, V-A-L-K-O-T-U-K-K-A. And he Finnish. That's okay. Finnish. At least the pack, the first one is. I thought it might be. Yeah. So and can you spell that other one again? V a l v a v with a v a l k o t u k k a. So do they translate to fat and white hair? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to have to do any royalties for anybody else's uh, music here. Uh, (laughs) Well, anyway, his nephews come to visit. Yeah. And they never go home. They just stay indefinitely. And Velcro took a swallowed a whole ball of red string that wound up inside him and gave him a cough so he couldn't sleep at night. But it served him right for putting Holly in um, Father Christmas's bed. Okay, that sounds like it would be much worse. You know, kind of up there with never let your dog eat tinsel. And... 
Paxu got into a cupboard and ate two whole puddings raw. That's yeah. exactly what a bear would do. Well, a bear would eat. You'd be lucky if, even with a cup, you'd be lucky if, if it just ate the pudding. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, Father Christmas says, you know, don't believe any pictures you see of me in a plane or um, an aeroplane or a motor. He can't drive one. He doesn't want to. They're slow. They smell bad. They don't compare with his reindeer. He trains his reindeer himself. Um, and he's got some new young reindeer from Lapland, which is a great place for wizards, but these are wizards. Yeah, yeah, to which yeah. Polar Bear says, bad. See, Polar Bear thinks that Father Christmas's puns are terrible, which yeah, they are a little bit. Um, now here it gets more interesting. Um, December 23rd, 1932, Cliff House near the North Pole. Um, Father Christmas writes and says he'd been hearing funny noises underground and he was afraid there might be an earthquake. Uh oh, and what was it? And Polar Bear suspected something was wrong, he says, but he didn't say anything to Father Christmas until it was kind of too late. Yeah. Um, what was it? Well, um, it wasn't an earthquake. Um, what happened? So, Father Christmas, here's somebody at the door, and there's a very old cave bear there. A very fat and funny shaped one, and it eldest of the few remaining cave bears, old Mr. Cave Bear himself. On Bill, t- cave bears, that's your thing. Yeah, well, there you go. He would have been a, uh... They're extinct. Well, there's several types of cave bears. Um, the bear that they probably were talking about was... I can remember the name for it. Um... Probably, yeah, Ursus Spileus. And that was, now cave bears are like, they're big, they're bigger than regular bears, but they're um, a lot more timid, or they were. They're dead now, but. I'm trying to set off the paleontology geek over yeah, here. Yeah. Um, and you know, cave bear says, you want your polar bear? You better come get him. He's lost in my caves. Yeah. Uh, he tried to go into a hole in the side of the hill because it was snowing, and he fell down a long slope with a lot of rock fell with him, and he couldn't climb up or get out again. And in the cave, he smelled goblin. This sounds familiar, uh, if you know Bilbo's story. Of course. And when he gets interested and starts to explore, and the goblins can't hurt him because he's a polar bear, but he can still, you know, get... The caves themselves are dangerous. Yeah. And he got lost, and the goblins on purpose um, tried to get him more lost and, you know, make noises and echoes. They shut off all their lights. And here it explains goblins a little bit, and there it says that they're, um, to them, what rats are to us. 
Yeah. But they're worse because they're clever and... Um, you can do a lot more damage. And the only thing better about them is there aren't as many of them. They're very few. Except they don't stay very few by the end of this. Yeah, of course. There's more goblins. And they had great trouble with them in 1453. <laughs> and with the help of the gnomes, who are their greatest enemies, they cleared them out. Now, when they say gnomes... Okay, Tolkien used to use gnomes to mean, like, high elves. Which are very much not the gnomes you picture with, you know, the little garden guys with the fishing poles. And... No, they're very different. So I don't know whether Tolkien here means, you know, tall, pretty elves, or whether he actually means gnomes. Um, and he called them gnomes here, so... We don't know. I don't think he ever elaborates on it. So... Cave Bear was going to help Polar Bear get out through the back door. And the goblins messed that up by imitating Cave Bear's voice, and Polar Bear followed them. And um, got himself more lost. And, oh, there's a, another illustration of... Well, it... It shows Father Christmas flying over London. It shows Father Christmas, Polar Bear, and Cave Bear in the Goblin Caves. Um, bears and Father Christmas and Snow Boys and some kind of elf or gnome dancing. It says a Merry Christmas. So does the gnome actually look like a regular stereotypical gnome? The, it, the gnome looks more like a stereotypical Christmas elf, but with a beard. Okay, well there you go. Actually, I don't know. I don't think that's a beard. I think that's a white shirt. Um, it's a bit minimalistic. So they find Polar Bear. He's long and thin from hunger because he'd been in the caves about a fortnight. I don't think that's long enough to make a bear thin. And he said he should have, but he would soon be able to squeeze through a goblin crack. And um, with the light that Father Christmas brought, it's um, they look at all the drawings on the cave walls. And um, there's very good drawings of animals and some drawings that were queer and bad and strange marks, signs, scribbles. Some of them have a nasty look, um, and he thinks they had to do with black magic. Yeah, and it's... I figured it would be, like, implied that it would be something a little more sinister. And um, Cave Bear says these caves belong to him and his family since the days of his great-great... Great, 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 multiplied by ten grandfather. And the bears had the idea of decorating the walls first. Does it say ten greats or does it like multiply by ten? It says multiplied by ten. And so they were drawing pictures by scratching it with their claws and it would help them sharpen their claws. And then men came along. Yeah, of course. And this was... Um, before the time of Father Christmas and before the time of Old Grandfather Yule. I'm not sure who that is. You think that might be like Odin or... Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, or, or just winter, the spirit of winter itself. 
so, yeah, Father Christmas is not sure whether Cave Bear was talking nonsense or not about um, there being a lot of men, you know, back in the day in the caves. Well, yeah. And that these men drew a lot of almost life-size, really well-drawn animals and dragons and mammoths. And some of these animals have disappeared. And then later, um, black marks and pictures from the goblins where they scribbled. And these are the, the nasty queer shapes they liked best. Sherry's showing me something. Apparently, Grandfather Yule is the father of Father Christmas and the Green Brother. Like, Father Christmas, he was named Nicholas after Saint. So they're both named after Saint Nicholas. There's no word about who the Green Brother is at any point, but I I kind of figured he might be like, you know, the Green Man. Or or the from... Green Knight or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Now this is from a Tolkien site. Yeah. No, I mean like the green men, like yeah. sort of a a harvest figure. Yeah, from... that's who that, but that's sort of connected to that. That's and yeah, polar bear is like the cave people can draw better than you, Daddy Noel. Yeah, he's yeah, kind of cheeky. Daddy Noel. <laughs> yep, he says Daddy Noel. And uh, Father Christmas is like, that was rude. Even if it's a joke, I put a lot of trouble into my Christmas pictures. Um, but yeah, Father Christmas draws a copy of um, a, a wall from the chief central cave. And here's the drawing. And I'm actually going to hand this to Bill so we can nerd about the prehistoric things. Oh, yeah. So these are all the different drawings, huh? And yeah, the more... Yeah, if you hear sneezing, uh, we have two kittens that, that have upper respiratory. And, and they're getting, getting their medical care, but it's taking a while to clear up. Yeah. They're a so, lot better than they were. So they're mammoths. Uh... I guess that's a mastodon. That and looks kind a, of rhino. That's a, that's a woolly rhino. The so. Angry looking rhino. Angry looking mammoth. Yeah. Um, a really minimalist drawing of a reindeer that it says was the closest goblins could get to it. A better drawing of a stag that was made by the cavemen. Yeah. Um, one of those like stiff-maned horses. Um, kind of Perzawalski's type. Yeah. Yeah, it's all it's all of those. Uh, all of those are shown. And it shows. And of course, it shows some weird looking. Uh, goblin things. Goblin looking things. And goblins riding. As well as hunters. A strange looking. Long horse creature, which I'll um, get to in a bit. Yeah. Lots of weird things. And they vary from very, very crude to very, very artful. And the kitten just ran across my book. Yep. Hello, Eddie Edison. That's the kitten. He's uh, Edison. Yeah. He's... And his sister is Sarmina. And we call him Edison and 
Eddie and Sonny and Sarmina goes by Mina. Hey, Eddie, stop biting me. Um. Yeah, about the creatures the goblins are depicted riding. It says these must be very old because the goblins are riding Drassils. D-R-A-S-I-L-S. A very queer sort of dwarf dachshund, in quotations, horse creature they used to use, but they have died out long ago. Uh, Bill, do you think this is a reference to prehistoric small horses, or is this just a thing Tolkien made up? It could be. It could be a reference to prehistoric small horses, or even just smaller breeds of horses, but who knows with that. Yeah, these, uh, Horses look almost dog-like. When I first saw the drawings, I thought they were like warg riders with the wolves. Not that these really look like wolves either. They're just weird. Um, And um, Father Christmas thinks the red gnomes finished them off somewhere about Edward IV's time. Yeah. That's kind of sad. And even if the goblins are bad, I mean, they're horses. They're just weird horses. And so, yeah, Edward the Fourth's time. That would be. Uh, let's look up exactly when that is. So, sometime around the fourteen sixties. For the first train, at least. And meanwhile, the kittens are being a bit excitable. They're getting their medication right now, so. Hey, no biting me. No biting me, Eddie. He's the feisty one. Oh, they both are a bit feisty. feisty. Eddie, this hurts. Edison Edison likes playing. And there's a note about the, the drawing of Father Christmas flying over London that he doesn't use 12 pairs of deer... As some books show, he uses seven because 14 is such a nice number. Um, That kind of recalls Bilbo Baggins, his uh, lucky number in uh, The Hobbit. Yeah, yeah, Tolkien and his... uh, And at Christmas, especially if he's hurried, he adds two special white ones in front. Um, So, yeah, they... They get back out of the caves, and on St. Stephen's Day, they have a party, and the cave bear's grandchildren come, and the snow babies, and the children of the red gnomes, and polar cubs, including Paxu and Valkotuka. And he's got his green trousers that were a present from his green brother that we just talked about, and he only wears them at home. The goblins dislike green, so he found them useful. And there's a whole thing on the margin of the pages, the next page is over, that have um, the goblins riding their dachshund horse thingies. Um, What what was the name of these? Drassil? Drassil. And uh, they go back into Father Christmas's place, and they can smell goblin really strong, and the goblins like mechanical toys that they quickly smash and they want more. So they put a hole in that's too small for Santa or Polar Bear to get into. 
And they've been making off with presents. Now, do you think these are the same goblins that were in The Hobbit, or do you think they're a different thing? Because they're tiny. Like, they almost sound like they could be, like, something similar, but... They seem more... Little and mischievous than... Maybe like a bit more like of a, a classic goblin. Maybe they're like a petty goblin. Oh, like the petty dwarves. Yeah, it's a petty goblin. Oh, and they stole a whole bunch of Hornby things. I don't know what Hornby is. I imagine it's a toy company back in the... Yeah, I guess so. If it belongs to Hornby's, it's... Yeah. Well, Father Christmas decides to smoke out the goblins with his patent green luminous smoke down the tunnel. And they ran out the other cave end. And... Um, yeah, the red gnomes were there. He'd sent for them from Norway, and they captured goblins. They chased goblins out into the snow. They don't like the snow. Why are goblins doing at the North Pole if they don't like... And made them show or bring back where the stuff they'd stolen was. So that's the first um, goblin incident in this book. There's going to be more. And lots more. With things getting a bit, t- things getting tougher in real life. Um, World fa- War Two. Yeah, fa- Father Christmas says he can't carry as much toy cargo as usual, and he's giving up useful food and clothes to. He's giving bumps to the allies. No, as food is, and as part of a uh, um, food and clothes to people in the land who need it because they're hungry and cold. Yeah. And polar bear says his writing's getting better, and um, actually, no, he. He's interested in the goblin markings and he's drawing them with the tail of his pen holder and making up an alphabet of that. So he's getting there. And there's a whole goblin alphabet shown on a page without a key. There was later on it will be shown with a key and I'm sure I could learn it if I took the time but um I was actually kind of pinching through this book last night and I didn't bother to stop and try to make sense of the goblin alphabet, but I think there's enough of a key that you could. And it's written top to bottom instead of side to side how um, English is written. So you'd be reading from the top line to the bottom, and then I guess you start again. Um, How many pages are in the book? Yeah. Almost 200. 
Wow. And I'm certainly not going over all of them over the course yeah. of this. Yeah. Oh, more goblins. More goblins attack in uh, another year. Thousands of them. They're setting things on fire. They tried. They got into Father Christmas's room, and he thinks they may have been trying to set his bed on fire. Um, polar bear was kicking and trampling and hitting goblins and roaring, and uh, goblins were yelling like engine whistles. Um, Father Christmas stepped on a goblin that was on the mat. And it, the goblins destroyed the nice packing string and papers, so he he's short of those for the presents, and he thinks he may have, um, because of polar bears, quote-unquote, help, mixed up presents for boys and girls, so they might, yeah, a boy might get a doll. Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid in this <laughs> day and age that... Well, when I was a child, boys played with dolls too. They were called GI Joe. Well, and yeah, still a doll. Soldiers. Well, that's that 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 goes into the whole the development of the action figure as a concept, and then of course you know people will be like, "Oh, action figures are still dolls," which you know they are. They're toys that children. I played on with and both do- dolls and play. cars when I was. I played with. I played with various action figures that got broken frequently. Well, we'll when I was way. a girl, we played house a lot. And the boys played armies. Yeah. And well, there's plenty of that, too. You would think they were all General Patton. Oh, and I had this they all argued over um, General prayer Patton. horse that came with a doll, and I'd take the head off the um, doll and make kind of headless horse woman. Uh, yeah. And put the head back on. Yeah. yeah. Well, my one friend, she played French Revolution with her Barbie doll set. So, you can imagine how that went. Let's see. Year 1934. No goblins. Nobody even smells goblins. Very little news. But they had a big party. They had a magical giant Christmas tree. Magical lights. Frosting around the ice pond. And the bear cubs are of course licking the frosting. Because they're bears. Of course. Well licking the frosting you're lucky about that. Not... You mean they don't go. I'm going to eat all the frosting. And uh, your arm while you're at it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, these are Santa's bears. You don't get any of that. And Polar Bear, when he was drawing, dropped enormous blots that you could hold up the light if you want to see where. I don't know whether this means... Do you think Tolkien may have done some kind of invisible ink kind of thing here? or I don't know. Because the whole hold it up to the light thing sounds... Well, 
When I was a child, invisible ink was lemon juice that you dried. And the heat, like a hot light bulb, might actually brown the lemon juice to make it visible. And maybe there isn't anything of that sort. It just says that there's blots that you can see when you hold it up to the light. That doesn't necessarily mean he invisibly inked or anything. Mm-hmm. And... He- Oh, Father Christmas is addressing letters to individual kids sometimes, so to, like, here's one at, uh, December 24, 1934, that's addressed to Priscilla. Yeah. And thank you for the letter she sent, lots of love. Hope you'll enjoy the things I bring, Polar Bear sends his love. He's glad that you... She's called her bear Bingo. He thinks it is a jolly name, but he thinks bears ought to be white all over. <laughs> okay, a bit yeah. about Bingo. Yeah, the name Bingo, that sounds familiar. Yeah, so... Tolkien's kids were also, like, writing letters that... about their stuffed animals, and the Bingos were a family of koala bears. And I know one of them was... Billy Bingo. And these bears, not in this book, but in other... In Tolkien's... In the book about how Lord of the Rings early drafts... Family of koala bears that like religious extremism and explosions. Um, Now, no elaboration on what that meant on the religious end of it, but... Well, in early drafts, Frodo was named Bingo, and he was a bit rougher than, uh... A lot Yeah. Frodo... Frodo doesn't do this kind of thing. Bingo is like, if my bathwater is cold, I'll drown you in it. Yeah, like, Bingo is, uh... Bingo <laughs> like, yeah, he's joking, but that's a bit dark. Um, and... The whole incident between Frodo and Father Maggot's dogs, in an early draft, Bingo actually kills one of them. Whoa. So, yes, in self-defense, but still, that's not exactly Frodo here. No. Um, and Bingo coming back to Father Maggot's land is, oh, he's going to be angry I'm here, I kill one of his dogs. And I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... So, this is um, the probable origin of Bingo, who later became Frodo, with some positive changes to his personality. Um, and, yeah, it sounds like the stories these the kids came up with with the koalas, they were a bit psycho, too. Um, like Bingo. Of course. Or worse. Uh, (laughs) Nice illustrated letter from 1935 that shows... Yeah, he explains about how the house is snowed under so you can just see the smoke coming out and where the upper windows... Polar bear walking with an umbrella and a scarf. One of the the 
the two bear cubs are sick and uh, polar bear has been taking care of them. Reindeer stables are snowed under. Red elves have come to help. You know, I don't know what's the difference between them and the red gnomes, but the drawing looks stereotypically Christmas elfy. Yes, it does. And, uh, oh, it got cold enough that the bear had to wear a coat and gloves. And Father Christmas says he looks like Rye St. Anthony. I don't know who that is. And Polar Bear doesn't like that. But he's carrying a sponge and soap in his hood. Um... Yeah, they uh, introduce a numbering system in a later year for finding kids, um, you know, keeping track of um, where they where they live and who they are more efficiently, and um, elves are actually helping out now, so, so Santa's got his elves. Yep. He finally has more help. Yeah, later on... Okay, before I get to that... In... What year is this? I believe as part of the 1936 year... Polar Bear's Goblin Alphabet and the key to what the different goblin symbols mean. There's no way I can explain this during the podcast without the pictures visible of it. Um, the different goblin symbols correspond to different letters or sounds of the alphabet. And there's enough of a key that I'm sure you could learn it if you, you know, took the time to study it. Yeah. Tolkien is, was a linguist. He yeah. couldn't stop himself. <laughs> Oh, I think I actually skipped reading this page. Um, a full list of the thousands of stuff kids are asking for. Chalks, paint boxes, and whatnot. And the, on the page I accidentally skipped. Mm. And, okay, Christmas 1937... Oh, Sarah, I'm curious. You said there was a full list? Yeah. Hold well, on, let me read it. I, I, I'm curious to know what a child would want in, what, ni- 1930... 1936? 36. Dolls, 70,000. Noah's Arks, 8,000. Engines, 50,000. Books, girls, 80,000 or more. Boys, 90,000. Crackers, the Christmas crackers that go, you know, bang. Mm-hmm. 10,000 dozen boxes. Chalks, 20,000 boxes. Paint boxes, 2,000 boxes. Dinky toys. Um, send to makers for all new sorts. Pencils, 10, 10 million. Bears, 60,000 chocolates, question mark. Now, these are for all the children? These are for all the children. Okay. And there's talk of uh, 
There's no list of amounts, but they say, Father Christmas says he's short of soldiers, farm things, railway lines, woolly animals, toy bricks, and hornby trucks. Well, there you go, more hornby. Um, Christmas 1937. Um, um, part of it says that Father Christmas says, Tell your father I am sorry about his eyes and throat. That makes me think something may have gone medically with uh, Tolkien himself and he's yeah. uh, having Santa explain it. Ah. And uh, Father Christmas said he messed up his eyes with snow blindness from looking at sunlit snow, but it got better. Okay, that is a real thing. If you stare at really like sun glare snow in the Arctic for too long without any kind of sunglasses... Yeah. Um, you can get snow blindness, which does recover. I it mean, I'm I'm not a doctor, but it does last for a while, and you don't want it to happen. No. And uh, Father Christmas can write in several alphabets now. Arctic, Latin, that is the ordinary European like you use... Yeah. But... So you see Tolkien's flexing a little about yeah. Latin. Greek, Russian, runes, and of course, Elvish. Oh, it's not Santa writing this. This is, uh. Oh, I messed up a bit. Who is it? It's Santa's elf secretary, Ilbereth. Oh, okay. That seems like a fairly stereotypically Middle Earthy kind of Elvish name. Yeah. I don't know what that translates to. I looked it up and I didn't spend a whole lot of time looking, but I didn't. Yeah, if you know, tell us. And actually, it is Father Christmas writing, but he's writing about Ilbereth writing all these uh, alphabets. Sorry for the bit of a mess up here. Oh, well. And his writing is very um, slender hand and spidery looking. Uh, well, if you ever look at Elvish lettering, it does look kind of spidery. And, oh, it's terrible weather, it's raining, we can't go out. Yes, Ilbereth the Elf and the Polar Bear are always irritating each other, and um, Bear says Elf is cheeky, Elf is cheeky. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once uh, Elf asks if uh, roast polar bear is good to eat, and uh, the polar bear says not as good as well-spanked and fried elf. Oh. (laughs) Well-spanked and fried? Well-spanked and fried. Let's see, which year, which year, um... Oh, on a side note, we woke up to a little snow on the ground this morning. Tiny little bit. Year 1938, 
Father Christmas doesn't make any drawings, but he writes a very long poem that um, covers over more than one page of the book. And in the letter itself, it's got, you know, illumination drawings on the margins. And... Polar Bear keeps writing in things, including that he does not eat turkey or meat, only sweets. Some polar bear he is. And that's why he's so sweet himself. And he calls Ilbreth a thinuous elf. And Ilbreth's like, he means fatuous. And Bear's like, no, I don't. You're not fat, but thin and silly. Uh, They're still rassing on each other. (laughs) And um, Father Christmas says this uh, to uh, Priscilla that the last Beatrix Potter painting book um, that he's got, and he doesn't think they're still being made, but he's sending it. Mm. So I think a Beatrix Potter book went out of print. Yeah, I guess Wonder so. if it still is. Yeah, I don't know. What's the name of it? Is doesn't it? say, it just says the Beatrix Potter painting book. And... Um, November 24th, 1939, so this is getting closer to the end. Um, oh, Priscilla sent two letters to Father Christmas, and Father Christmas hopes that their bingo family are having a jolly Christmas and behave themselves. Tell Billy is not that the father's name not to be so cross. They are not to quarrel over the crackers I am sending. Uh Uh-oh. Things are difficult because of the war. Many of... The messengers don't come back. Yeah, that's what happens, I guess. So even though the the war itself is not directly, you know, touching the North Pole, yeah, he's got his own goblin war stuff to deal with, and apparently messengers who are being sent off into the real world are not coming back because of the war. So that's and a bit... Santa travels the world, or his messengers do. Yes. They all do, various times, so... You have to face the reality of things. And Polar Bear is, once again, why don't you have polar cubs instead of bingos and koalas? Polar Bear is mentioned as, you know, he's... He likes that they like any kind of bears. Yeah. Who would Penguins show up at the North Pole, and Father Christmas correctly points out that penguins are not from the North Pole, but they had heard incorrectly that Father Christmas had been captured by goblins, so they came to help. Ah. And he says that they have no, in quotes, cat tongue, cat's tongue is left, you know, to put in the stockings. I don't know what that is. Do you think that's like a cat's cradle toy, the string? I don't know. I'm looking it up. Well, I don't know what that is. No. (laughs) 
There's cat tongue cookies. I don't think that's it. Yeah, cat tongue cookies. Aren't they like an oblong macaroon kind of thing or an almond cookie? Okay, no, I'm not seeing anything that's not... Well, it's it's something, and we don't know what it is. Once again, if you know what a cat's tongue is in a Christmas present toy kind of context, please tell us. We would like to know. Oh. What? Okay, it's a chocolate. Okay, so it is edible. It's a chocolate. Here. Okay, let's see this. Oh, that's quite a box it comes in. It doesn't show the chocolate itself, but... Yeah, it's got a, it comes in a box with pictures of cats on it, and Miss, I don't speak French, Maison de la Haye Languisse de Chat, I'm butchering the French language, yay. Um, <laughs> I am not talking. Nope. Year 1941, Cliff House near Stump of North Pole. You see where this is going. Of course. Um, goblins are coming back in huge numbers. They've had actual battles with them. House was besieged. Um, they look like they'd be captured and have the goods taken. Christmas stockings would remain empty. But that did not happen because of the efforts of Polar Bear... Goblins come out in thousands. Polar Bear says it's a million, but that's his favorite big number. Polar Bear says there were at least a hundred million. They're all Santa and Bear are all sleepy because it's rather warm for the time of year it is. Christmas seemed far away. Only one or two elves around. The cubs are asleep too. The penguins have already left. Goblins come out Noisily, because goblins love making noise so much that they don't do stealth so good. Uh-huh. Bear gets on the... They get woken up by goblin noise. Bear gets on the roof, fires rockets at the goblin hosts as they pour up the long rainbow dr- reindeer drive. That doesn't stop them long. They're surrounded. Father Christmas blows his three blasts on the great horn wind beam which hangs over the fireplace, and it's just not mentioned before because he didn't have a reason to blow it. Insert that Legend of Zelda. And um, Polar Bear comes out holding blazing branches in each paw and kills dozens of goblins, but he says it was a million. I feel like a bear would be more effective at goblin killing if it wasn't holding branches in its paws, but... <laughs> Big battle and... All the stuff for making fireworks and crackers for some years... Um, goes bang. Um, polar bear sets off nearly a hundred pounds of gunpowder... To destroy 
basically the opening of a goblin tunnel. Now, I get the impression that this might be a reference to certain things being less available because of the war, so no Christmas crackers. I feel like this is the explanation. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds about right. It's the war, so... He's sending all of them to the front lines. And, oh, Father Christmas hopes Polar Bear doesn't get too much of thinking himself a hero. And Polar Bear's, oh, but I do. But he's a very magical animal, really. And the goblins can't do much to him when he is awake and angry. Their arrows, he's seen their arrows bounce off him and breaking. Okay, that sounds like a pretty legit Polar Bear. Oh, and there's a drawing of Polar Bear, like, squeezing goblins in both paws and kicking them, and... Oh, Mina, don't you touch my phone. You're a good kitten. Oh, don't leave. Um, some books that the kids had asked for. Um, all of the Alice and Utley books have been burned, and he couldn't find one of Moldy Warp. We must try and get one next time. And he likes to hear about Bear Bingo. But Bear thinks bingo. He, he is too old and important to hang up stockings. But Polar Bear feels that any kind of bear is a relation. Oh, the ironic thing is koala bears are not a relation of bears. No, they are not. What, does he mention that? Yeah, the polar bear thinks any kind of bear is a relation, and, oh, I'm adding on that <laughs> they're not related. Well, that's, that's like not in the book. jokes. That's probably meant to be sort of another joke. Koala bears are not related to regular bears at all. No. They're, they're in the marsupial family, yeah. Well, marsupial. Aren't, aren't marsupials order. the wrong order? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're closer to kangaroos and possums than bears. But it's all, hey, this thing's up a tree. It looks kind of like a bear. Let's call it a bear. Uh, And a message from, a message to um, Billy Bingo from Polar Bear. Billy Bingo, the, one of the koala stuffed toys, apparently asked for a really good bomb for Christmas. And, you know, they don't have any bomb available because all of the powder was used for Polar Bear's big explosion at the Goblin Tunnel. And he would have seen what a really good explosion is like if he'd been there. So I feel like this is a, you know, a delicate way of handling a letter to Santa asking for a bomb because it's wartime. Uh, yeah, that would be, uh, bombs are, like I said, needed at the front line. And, um, you know, you're raising kids during the war and, you know, they might ask about something like that or have their bear, quote unquote, ask. Year 1942, they did not find, Father Christmas didn't find any letters from Priscilla, and he thinks, you know, she's been busy at her new school. 
Okay, I take it kids are growing up a bit and in school, so maybe they didn't write to Santa this year. Uh. Yeah. Well, you know, Father Christmas still wrote to them, and um, deliveries are still difficult because there's so many um, damaged houses and people houseless because of the war. They had uh, early snow and nice, crisp, frosty nights and bright, starry days because they don't actually have the sun in the winter, you know. It's the Arctic, you know, the whole, uh... Yeah. The whole thing where the sun is out... Midnight sun. A lot. Midnight sun. In the summer and not in... Uh, Father Christmas has his horn still hanging up, but it's dusty because he hasn't had to use it. And Polar Bear has been making fresh gunpowder, lots of it. And he says, wouldn't that grubby little Billy like being here? I don't know what he was talking about unless it was about your bear. Does he eat gunpowder? And Polar Bear says, you'll find out about the pantry, ha-ha. I know what you like. Don't let that Billy Bear eat it all, love from Polar Bear. Yeah, they sent some kind of mysterious thing to uh, Billy Bingo, and I don't know what it was, but... (laughs) Do you think there was gunpowder in that? Yeah, I was thinking that. And uh, the last letter... Christmas 1943. War still going on. And uh, Father Christmas wishes Priscilla, who's the youngest kid, a, a happy Christmas and um, he supposes she'll be hanging up the stocking just once more and he hopes so because he's still got a few things for her and um this is goodbye, but you'll never forget. He always keeps the old numbers for friends and their letters. And his messengers say that people are calling it grim, and he suspe- he thinks that means miserable. Well, this is still the war. Yeah. And in very many places where Father Christmas is especially fond of going, but he's glad to hear that um, their family is not miserable don't be very much alive and merry at the north pole there's been no damage at the north pole even though stocks are running low and polar bear sends love and a hug and he asks if she still has a bear called silly billy or something like that or is he worn out silly billy my boyfriend had a frog named silly billy yeah it was a good frog and, oh, Santa sent some uh, Christmas money. Santa has lots of it and doesn't have a use for it. And the book ends with a beautiful uh, 
drawing of the night sky with planets and stars and it says a Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's a very nice little illustration. And you know, I, I did not cover every letter, you know. No, he couldn't. It would have. It would have taken been, hours, you know. It. We've already been gone but, quite a while. We encourage time. you to read this and enjoy them for yourself. Yeah. You know, we kind of included some of the highlights of it. But. And if you have children, you might want to consider writing letters to yours. Yeah. Well, Thank you for listening to Cast It Into the Fire podcast. A Merry Christmas, Merry, a Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas. Bye now. Bye.